You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. And uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know what it was like. I can't imagine it was a pleasant environment being in prison with the Roman Empire, you know. I can't imagine it was comfortable. Uh, and, uh, but, but because of having to slow down, he wrote some of these great books that we have. And uh, we still share it. We still learn from Philippians is one of those. And so Paul says this. He says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content. Any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Again, if you've been around a while, this is a familiar passage. It's kind of like, as I'm reading it, you're kind of like mouthing it yourself, you know. But it's one of those passages that you gotta you gotta dig into again, you know, especially when you start to freak out. You gotta kind of dig into this verse again and, and, and really recognize what it's saying. Like. This is I've learned the secret of being content. It's a secret. Don't you like to know secrets? You have somebody at your office says, hey, you know, I want you to know there's a secret that's been kept from you by managers. Well, you want to know what that is, right? <laughs> You know, your high school, the high school students, you know, somebody says, oh, I have a secret. You know, that something's been going on at our school. Oh, my gosh, you want to know what that secret is. Uh, you know, I heard about there was a secret going on in, in our in our team ministry uh, over the last several weeks. Uh, you know, Justin Chunk <laughs> and Ryan Cooley released an album <laughs> called, uh, called Rapping Presents. <laughs> and and it, but it was sort of secret. So on Instagram and everything, they're like counting down to December 4th. You know, there's a countdown. It's all happening on December 4th. You know, um, the secret. And this is a secret. You know, in our day and time, everybody's freaking out and worried. What's happening on December 4th? Is it a terrorist attack? What's going on? Uh, I think Brian wasn't even allowed to go to school on Friday because of this, right? Uh, the, the, the school was like, okay, we know he's not going to do anything, but all the parents are freaking out. <laughs> but the point is, if it's a secret, you want to know it. My daughter, uh, before she could even talk, she loved to tell secrets. <laughs> but she loved it. But uh, but this is something Paul has discovered. So this is something we want to know. We need to know what is the secret of being content. Isn't that what everybody wants? We really ask everybody in, in, in our community, what are you really looking for? They're looking for contentment. They're looking for peace. They're looking to not be so stressed out all the time. So pulled in different directions all the time. They're really looking for content, contentment. And there's a couple myths about contentment that are in our world. One is the myth of less. Uh, you know, he says, there's different situations. Sometimes I'm well-fed, sometimes I'm hungry, sometimes I'm plenty, and I'm much. There's a, a myth that having less will make you content. You know, if I just had less, I, I have all these things, I have all this stuff, I have all, this, all these responsibilities, and I can just strip down to less. You know, if I could just retire, if I could just simplify my life in terms of my responsibilities, then I would be content. But really, that's a myth. Why? Because there's a lot of people that do that, and they're still not content. They, they simplify their life, they, they have less, and, and they're still not content. There's plenty of poor people in the world that are not content. There's plenty of people that live simply that are still not content. So, so having less is a myth. It doesn't necessarily make you content. I remember uh, when I was in college, my friend and I, uh, we, we, uh, family asked us to drive there 
U-Haul from L.A. to Denver. There's a evangelist in the church here in L.A. that was moving to Denver. I was in college. My college man, I drove, drove this big, giant U-Haul all the way out to Denver. So it must have been trusted. <laughs> Trust me with all their valuables. I don't know why they did that. But, uh, <laughs> but we picked up a, uh, in Albuquerque, we were in the bathroom, and we picked up this homeless man asked us if he could give us a ride to Denver. And he said he wanted to go to Denver. So, you know, I'm a college student. It's like, sure. <laughs> so, so this homeless guy rode with us uh, from Albuquerque to Denver, my roommate and I. And it was, it was a, <laughs> my wife said that's not responsible. <laughs> I was trying to be like Jesus.
ended of all the Pez in like two seconds, you know. And it wasn't working anymore, you know, it's not an infinite uh, dispenser there. It's not working, Daddy, fix it. But we can do that, you know, we can do that uh, as adults, you know. God, it's not working. You know, you, you, you didn't give me enough, I need more, I need more. That's a myth, it's, it's a myth that we can, we can set this by having more. And he says the secret, he says, I have learned, I've learned this. So it takes learning, it doesn't come natural. Just put two two-year-olds in a room with one toy, and you know, uh, we are not contented people uh, from the beginning. And so we've got to learn to be content. What is the secret of contentment? Well, he says it right here, and he says, whether you need plenty, whether you need want, I can do all this. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It's really one thing, and that's just Jesus. Just Jesus is the thing that will give you this thing. Because he says, it's, it's, this is it. Whether I have plenty, whether I have want, it's this relationship. It's this relationship that I have with Jesus that gives me strength, that makes me content. How is that possible? How is it possible? So we're gonna, that's what we're going to be looking at in this series. Is how is it possible to have contentment and, and have simplicity in a crazy, complex style? What happens when you're anxious? A few verses earlier in verse uh, 6, it says, Don't be anxious about anything, but turn all of this stuff, bring it all to God. Don't be anxious. What happens when you're anxious? I know for me, I get irritable. I, I, I drive a little differently. My wife doesn't like driving me with me when I'm anxious. Uh, I have a. I have to apologize to my wife all the time. You know, when I get anxious, when I get frustrated, you get short with people. Uh, you rush to judgment. You make bad decisions when you're anxious. Often, uh, you make poor decisions. You hurt the relationships around you. Uh, when I'm anxious, I have a, a, a little tell that uh, my jaw. You know, I have this jaw muscle. Kind of, you can you know, Clint Eastwood, I have that jaw. Uh, <laughs> but my wife will tell me, you know, she can see when that little muscle in my jaw is going. It's like, okay, I'm frustrated, I'm worried, I'm anxious. And uh, they're, they're, the Greek word for anxiety in the Bible, I, I love this, it's called, it's marimna, is the Greek word, and it means literally to be fractured into parts. It means to be pulled in different directions. Like you're, you're, that word anxious, that's translated anxious or worried, in the Greek is to be fractured into parts. You're not a whole anymore. You're fractured. You're pulled in different directions. And, uh, you know, I can relate to that. When I was a kid, I had this uh, doll, Pinocchio doll, that was made out of wood. And its legs and arms were held together by rubber bands. Some of you might have seen a doll like this before. So you, know, you pull the arms apart, and then it's just the rubber bands, like, stretching. Yeah. And uh, that's how we can feel sometimes. Pulled in these different directions. I was talking to a brother this week and said, I feel like I'm literally being pulled apart. I'm so overwhelmed by just all the stuff going on at work and in life and family and whatever. Just I'm being stretched. I'm being overwhelmed by being pulled in different directions. And there's a great story of this uh, in the Bible. Jesus and, and the person who was overwhelmed by this. I want to look at it. Uh, Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. So that Jesus and his disciples were on their way and came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. 
He came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, I, I love this story because I feel like it's so true to life. So something that we can all relate to. And, uh, you know, these are two, two sisters in, in the town, but let's say it was outside of, uh, of Jerusalem. And this was, a, this was known for a town of caring for the poor. Uh, and because the people were poor, or especially had leprosy, they had to go outside the city. So they would go outside the city, and this is the place where they would care for those. So Mary and Martha were very spiritual people, very dear to Jesus' heart. You know, the story of him raising Lazarus from the dead is a great story that we looked at a few months ago. But here's a story where Jesus is coming over. You know, he's coming to your house. And how would you feel you know, if Jesus is coming to your house? Uh, how do you feel if anybody's coming to your house? You know, it's like, okay, we got to get there, we got to get clean, we got to be presentable, we got to look like we have it together, even though we usually don't. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so Jesus is coming over, and Mar- Martha is married, and like, oh, Jesus is here. She's just sitting in. I just want to listen to him, want to hear what he has to say. And Martha's running around doing all this. And uh, it says she's, in verse 40, she was distracted by all the preparations. Now, these things that had to be made, are they true issues? Are they real? Yes, it's a real thing that has to be taken care of. It's not like those are not important issues. It's not, this isn't like some simple thing, right? It's just life. But but what what was wrong with the situation is what it did to her faith and what it did to her mindset. And it says she was distracted. She was, she was kind of consumed with this all this other stuff. And she got to the point where she says, you know, How's she feeling towards her sister at the moment? She's frustrated with her sister. She's angry. She's, she's looking down on her. She's like, doesn't she even care? And then it, it isn't just her sister. It even spoils, spills over to Jesus, right? Lord, don't you care? She, she's just leaving me to do all this work. Don't you care? Tell her to help me. You know, she probably thought it was a spiritual issue. You know, look at me. I'm serving. I'm doing all this stuff. And, and Mary's doing nothing but just listening to Jesus. I'm the one serving, I'm the one giving, I'm the one. Jesus said to watch each other's feet, Jesus said to be a servant, and that's what I'm doing, and Jesus is doing nothing. Boy, Jesus is going to give it to her. Now, let her help me, Jesus. You know, she's just waiting to see. And that's not what Jesus says, right? And, and I, I think Jesus wasn't trying to scold Martha. I don't think he was trying to be down on Martha. I think he was, he was just pointing to what she what was going on in her heart. She's allowing all these things to stress her out. She says, you are worried and upset about many things. Remember, I said anxiety is fractured. So that's a play on this here in the Greek. It's many things. You're fractured into parts. You're pulled in different directions. He says, few things are needed. Actually, you know what? Only one thing is needed. Simple, right? Simple life. Only one thing is needed. And what is that one thing? What is that one thing? That's Jesus. You know, life can be so complicated, and it's not that these are not real issues that we have, you know, life and school and finances, work and, and all of that stuff, but it's what we allow those things to do to our faith. You know, is Jesus just, are we fractured into parts and Jesus is one of the parts? Or is it just Jesus? And, you know, we and Jesus together are tackling these different things. It makes a huge difference. And uh, there, there's a... Uh, 
Now, verse I wanted to uh, to read is kind of I think spells this out a little bit more. Uh, it's a familiar again it's a familiar passage in Matthew 11. You don't have to turn there. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So let's get a little practical here. I mean, what? who is not worried, weary and burdened? I mean, isn't that all of us? Uh, isn't that uh, the world that we're in today? And so Jesus says, come to me. I am the source, just Jesus. I am the one. Mary chose what is better. Not all these things, but just one thing is needed. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Amen. I mean, who doesn't want rest for their soul? We all want rest for our soul. But so, but, okay, so then, so how, what do I do, Jesus? What does that mean, come to you? What does that mean, what do I do? He says, take my yoke upon you. It's funny, uh, when I was in college, in Bible study, people are up. You always ask somebody, what's a yoke? And I would say, oh, you mean like an egg? That's why O-L-K. So that's not what he's talking about. What is he talking about? He's talking about a yoke. This is a yoke. And uh, this part right here that's going across the two oxen, across their backs, that's a yoke. And that's not something you see in our, our modern day times very often. I don't think I've ever seen that in real life. You? I mean, the closest I get to that is seeing a horse on TV once in a while. We live in LA. We don't see this kind of stuff. But in Jesus' time, this is something they see all the time. So this is a common metaphor for a spiritual teacher. It's his yoke. And, and when he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, look at that picture there. What is he talking about? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Uh, you know, oxen are thought to have been harnessed and put to work about 4,000 B.C. That's how long that he's doing this. 4,000 BC. So this is a common thing in the time that he's using. And did you know that two oxen can pull more than twice uh, what they can pull individually? Like, like one oxen, you say one oxen can pull 1,000 pounds, another oxen can pull 1,000 pounds. Together they can pull, they can pull like 2,500 pounds. More together. And, and we probably experience that, you know, if you go running with a partner, don't you run a little harder? Don't you work a little bit more? If you work out with a partner, don't you work out a little harder than you work out on your own most of it? And, and it's the same thing with the oxen. Together they do more than they would do on their own. And so Jesus says, I want you to take my yoke on you and learn from me. I want to be partnered with you. This is a binding relationship. That, that ox is not going anywhere. Right? It's not going, oh, well, it's getting too hard. I'm out of here. It's, it's, you're, in a bound, you're bound in a relationship. And so Jesus says, take my yoke on you, learn from me. He's saying, be bound together with me. Make a decision to, to be bound together with me, to be partners. And there's two ways you can look at that. You can look at that as negative, like, oh man, Jesus is trying to take something from me. He's trying to restrict me. He's trying to put a yoke on me. And that's why, frankly, most people don't do this. Uh, if you haven't noticed, most people in our world are not Christians. Most people, when you really study what Jesus taught, different than what you see in the world. And most people don't really follow him in terms of putting his teachings in practice. Most people are not in a yoke relationship. Uh, and, and, and yet, if you want contentment, you've got to surrender to the yoke. You've got to submit to the, the truth of Jesus. You've got to make him Lord of your life. That's the way that we find rest for ourselves. 
So that, that's just a negative way you can look at it. But the positive way to look at it is Jesus is a partner. He's, he's an advocate. The Bible describes him as an advocate. Legal terms in, in, in the Greek. And uh, there's verses in 1 John where it says, he's an advocate that speaks in our defense. Uh, the, the Greek word is parakletos. It was alongside us. Just like this, right alongside us. It's like he's your lawyer. And is Jesus strong? Raise your hand if Jesus is stronger than you. Okay. Yeah, so that's all of us. So, I mean, he's the one that's doing the hard work, pretty much, right? If you're yoked to him, I mean, you ever been on a you know, one of those partner bikes? Somebody else is doing the hard work? Uh, Governor Elaine, Elaine does the hard work with Governor Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep moving your feet, you know, if you're an ox. you got to keep moving your feet. Jesus is really doing the hard work, right? And he says, what does he say right in this verse? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, I would rather be burdened by Jesus than burdened by the world. Than burdened by, you know, our society. Than burdened by work. I mean, the things that we try to look to for contentment do not satisfy for, for those in high school. I mean, I, I like it. He says, what, what does he say about himself? He says, I am... Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. So high school students, would you say that, like popular kids in your school, would you say they're gentle and humble in heart? Yeah, no, but what? I want to be like them. I want to follow them. I want, I want to be accepted. Why? Well, they're not gentle and humble in heart. They're not, you know, for, for those of you that have a demanding boss, you know, your boss is not gentle and humble in heart. Why do you want to put all of your resources into that? Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. He has your best interest in mind. He wants to partner with you. He wants to help you, give you what you need. He will satisfy you. There's another uh, passage we don't have time to dig into too much here, but the story of when Jesus interacted with this woman, Samaritan woman, who was uh, coming to the well to get water in the middle of the day. This is not a usual time to get water, so some people think she was trying to kind of uh, hide out a little bit. She had a, a, a life that wasn't really acceptable in that day and time. She was living with a guy who was not her husband. She had five husbands before this guy. Her life was complicated. I don't know, he doesn't even say anything about kids. So I don't know what the kids' situation was. And so she's, you know, she's going to the well in the middle of the day to get water. Jesus starts talking to her and asking her to get him some water. He's thirsty. The disciples have gone into town to buy some food. So he's there alone, so he's talking to this woman. She's, she's flabbergasted that he's talking to her because uh, men didn't talk to women in public. Jews didn't talk to Samaritans in public, and he's a male Jew talking to Samaritans. Why are you talking to me? And yet he, he starts talking to her about her life. One of the things that he said to her in verse uh, 13 of John 4, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal Jesus says, I will give you some, something that will cause you to not thirst anymore. I can completely satisfy you. And the secret of contentment, Paul says, I've learned the secret of contentment. What is it? It's just Jesus. Only Jesus can give you contentment. And, uh, and, and only Jesus can give you this living water. Only Jesus can fill you up. Only Jesus can give you satisfaction. Uh, but here's the question. Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to be yoked to Jesus? Are you part? Are you focused on the one thing, or are you fractured and distracted by many things? Uh, 
and this is for everybody, whether you're new to Christianity or you've been around a long time, it's still, you know, this, Jesus told a story of, of, of a seed that grew and then it was choked by weeds. Those are the words of this life. The deceitfulness of wealth, desire for other things. It's that same word, which is the words of this life. It fractures you into many parts. And so this is a great time of year to put our focus back on Jesus. Uh, you know, if, if you have no idea who Jesus is or what he really taught or what never really read the Bible, a lot of people think Jesus is awesome, but they've never really read the Bible. You know, this would be a great time to, to make a decision to, to dig into the Bible and find out what the Bible is all about. And just three practical things, and these are going to blow your mind. You've never heard these things. <laughs> Over the holidays. Uh, number one, quiet times. You know, we, we, we have a, a habit in our fellowship of spending time every day reading the Bible and praying. And uh, it's a spiritual discipline. It's throughout the scriptures, this idea of, of daily time with God. You know, uh, the scripture David says, In the morning I present my requests before you. Wait in eager expectation. Every day taking time out to be with God, to, to settle your mind, to, to, to just, sometimes, quite times you'd be just sitting and, and just empty. You know, like you're not even praying. You're just kind of, oh, this is why for me. You know? Uh, reading the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures. Uh, this is something that we all need. Even, even, uh, you know, science and, and, and psychologists is saying this. You, know, you need time to just stop. You need space to just not be always like on the go, always trying to accomplish something. And so over the holidays, this is a, a really critical time to make sure you have great five times every day. This is the first thing, if you've been around a while, this is the first thing Satan tries to take away. Getting time in Bible and prayer. And this, nothing will change your spiritual outlook more than like if you feel like I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm, I'm not, Jesus is not, I'm not like Mary, I'm like Martha, I'm stressed out. Right Nothing will change the, the situation more than your own life. Like one lesson like this isn't going to change. you got to make these things, I need just Jesus every day. Like I've got to read, I've got to pray, I've got I to I gotta take that time in my life. Um, I've been doing something on, on Mondays where I, I read a whole book of the Bible or listen to a whole book of the Bible. Uh, and it's amazing, just like this last Monday, I read the book of Colossians. It doesn't really take that long to sit down and read the whole book of Colossians. And, uh, you know, it's maybe 45 minutes or something. But it, it, it did so much for my soul. Just, just 45 minutes reading the book of Colossians from beginning to end. I mean, and I was like, oh, I feel so full. This is so good. There's so much in Colossians. It's just, it's really this. It's just, just one thing. Just Jesus. Like, that's what I felt. Just spending that time, investing that time. And, and we can so easily let that slip away. And you start talking to somebody who's doing really poorly spiritually, and usually it's like, what about coming to Christ? I don't know. Once Again, it's not something you do so that God will only be pleased with you to get quiet every day. That's not to earn his favor. This is, you need it. Jesus needed it. He was the Son of God, and he needed daily time in prayer. Again, you raised your hand, he said he's stronger than you. So that means that you need quiet time more than he does. Discipling time. What this is, is, uh, you know, in, a, in our church, we, uh, we we don't just come together on Sundays. We, we have relationships throughout the week. So we try to set it up where everybody in the church has somebody that they get with on a regular basis. Either every week or a couple weeks. And they just talk about how they're doing. It's interesting, when you read the Bible, God's plan for transformation, for becoming more like Jesus, his plan for that is each other. That's kind of a scary thought. But that's how God helps us change. Is it's our relationships with each other. It's through interacting with each other. Uh, you know, I, I 
talking about our kids, we're talking about our wife, we're talking about how we're doing it. And just, just, I mean, it's not always like, okay, Brian, how are we changing you? Here's what I want to challenge you on. I want to follow up on Be more like Jesus this week than you were last week. It's just interacting with other people helps us be more like Jesus and things about Jesus, about Steve that are more like Jesus than me. You know, I appreciate how Steve is quick to run to his results. He runs right to the fight. There's an issue, yeah, I'm there. Like, we have this issue come up yesterday, and he's like, hey, when's the next time? I'm like, I'm there. You know, I'm like the opposite. I'm kind of like, we go hide and hope it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that sounds like Jesus. And yet, Steve runs right to the situation. I appreciate that. I'm trying to be more like him. I'm going to make an executive decision this morning. I couldn't get a hold of him, so I'm like, yeah, you feel too.
you have somebody who wants you to help them, but you have to help them. I, I want to be in more boxes because it does something for you in terms of getting back focused on just Jesus. Um, another thing is serving the poor, being an angel in terms of serving the poor. I was I was really challenged by Robin last couple weeks ago, uh, and uh, you know I, I we give a lot, we, we, we sacrifice financially, uh, but but haven't been like face to face uh, in serving the poor for a while. For you, that's going to help you get back to business. All three of these things are practical that will help you get focused on business. These are not more things to add your plate. These are things to narrow your focus to the one thing. Does that make sense? Why times do you focus on the one thing? Because that's you focus on the one thing. Being an angel and focus on the one thing. Getting back to what really, really matters. These things that are troubling you, these things that are pulling you in different directions, are not, are not often as big a deal as they seem in the moment. Later. And even things that are real crises in your life, Jesus is the answer. And so don't 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 try to you know unyoke yourself and try to take care of it all by yourself. Take that yoke on you. Learn from Jesus, and He's going to guide you through uh, this troubled time. Simple like just Jesus. In a minute, we're going to sing a song, and I want you to, to use this song as a time to recommit yourself uh, to Jesus. And the words are so good; it's called "In Christ Alone." What are we talking about? In Christ alone, my hope is found. Is my life, my strength, my song. You know, when you're singing those words, make it a time of going, if it's not your life, your strength, your song, make a decision that at that moment, you know, he is going to be it. I'm going to focus on I'm going to narrow my focus to simplify my life with Jesus. But before we do that, before we sing the song, we get to hear uh, another personal story uh, from Davida. And uh, About hearing, uh, hearing personal stories helps us to connect. So she's going to share a little bit about what Jesus means. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.